Hi there, beautiful souls, and thanks for watching. Thanks for joining us because I am here together with Lahari and Sandra, and you might both know them from their beautiful recovery stories that we shared in the Facebook group and on YouTube. And today we've got a plan to have a really nice conversation about inner child work. And Lahari is taking the lead. So thank you very much for, for doing this, Lahari. Thank you as well for, uh, for doing this, Sandra. And let's have a beautiful conversation. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Daniel. And thanks, Sandra, for joining. Um, I guess we just connected really without um, even ever meeting each other in person, I think. Uh, I really connected with Sandra's recovery story when I watched it on uh, Daniel's channel. Um, and I think we, we messaged back and forth for a bit about the healing work that we've been doing and um, and the inner child work that um, came uh, that came up throughout the healing for me especially. And I think Sandra connected with that as well. So we were like, why, why can't we have a conversation and see um, what comes out and how much of it might be useful for people. So. Here we are, and uh, kindly Daniel joined us as well, so we can have a three-way conversation um, about the role of inner child in not just healing CFS, um, ME, or whatever other chronic illnesses, but actually living life and and living a fully aligned life. So my first question to both of you is is a very simple one. Um, What's your relationship with your inner child right now? I'd, I'd say Daniel, you go first, and then we'll come to Sandra. Okay. Um, so the idea is that at first we have fragmented into thousands of parts. Every time there was an emotion, there was a boundary. And when we didn't express the emotion and the boundary, we had to cut a piece off of ourselves so let's say your parents wanted you to do all certain things but you know you didn't want to do it you could not develop your anger and say no you could not stand in for yourself and then later in life you you know you miss that part of yourself that stands up for for yourself and everybody can take advantage of you and um, this is just one example but if you have like thousands of these things because in childhood it's just really difficult in our society to, to be yourself, to have your boundaries, because people find it hard to deal with that. And then eventually we pass that over to others. So yeah, um, the journey is about integrating the parts of yourself that you actually are and not being anymore someone that you think that you should be. So who are you really? And that means that for every second of the day, you have to live in the present moment and feel what do you need right now. And Till Swan says something beautiful like, what does someone that loves herself need right now? And very often, um, a small aspect of myself comes up, a little boy, four or five years old, um, being in primary school, let's start with four years old in the Netherlands, being bullied by the teachers, um, locked into closets when I was emotional. Um, and this boy just needs a lot of, a lot of gentle energy from me. I can't push myself anymore to, to do things. He just needs love to go very slow 
and he's always there. And sometimes, you know, he wants something like playing a computer game or whatever, or just laying in the sun in a hammock. Well, if that's what he wants, then I should involve him into being myself. He's, he's a part of me. So, and the better we, we come at getting a, sorry, the better we become at developing a relationship with, uh, with all the aspects, the more natural it becomes. And eventually we don't have to think about it anymore, but it just flows naturally. And for myself, I feel like I'm arriving more in that part now of many years of inner childhood where things just flow natural. My emotions are not really uh, extreme anymore. And yeah, um, my boundaries are better. So that's how I feel. Thank you. That's, uh, yeah, and not most of us don't have the childhood that we need in this current society. And it sounds like you are no exception. And so, yeah, thank you. Sandra, um, just to remind the question, what's your current relationship with your inner child right now, where you are? Um. Well, what has helped me to get to the place that I'm at, which was from a really severe state, I would say, of a health crash to, you know, living a pretty average life again, I think, has been really allowing myself to be as I am and going toward the things that come up that I used to abandon or were afraid of or were inconvenient. Um, I feel like there's something in me that doesn't want anything fixed. Um, I love my father. He was an amazing dad, but he had one of these personalities where you would come with an issue and he wanted to fix it, which is, I think, natural and normal. And I just wanted to be heard. And so I found myself, I wanted to be heard and seen and just have someone present while I go through what I'm going through. Um, and so I feel like like that emotional connection to going through something really hard was kind of absent. And so I find what's been helping me is just to be there for myself. Whatever's coming up, whatever I'm experiencing, going to that place inside of me and just saying I'm here and it's okay to be experiencing what you're experiencing. It's okay to feel what you're feeling even if it's uncomfortable and reminding that part of me that I have what it takes. I don't need to be fixing it because the power that's in me, as long as I'm not giving it away and draining myself by trying to run from those parts of me, I have what it takes to hold the space for this and not allow it to consume me or or make me afraid or have to run from it. 
And so <laughs> this is what I've been doing, but I never related it to like inner child work until I heard you talking and I was like, huh, I would really like to know more about that because I think I'm doing that in a way, but I just don't have like the labels for it. I'm just kind of flowing. And what I do is I don't even meditate anymore, which is kind of funny because I used to be a meditation teacher. All I do is I just sit with whatever's there. I just sit there and I be present and I go toward it as it comes toward me. And I just let that be. And um, it's been really powerful. And I'm curious to learn more <laughs> about that because it's just a flow at this point. And yeah, that's all I got on that. <laughs> Thank you. Then, yeah, it's it's nice to hear different perspective on this work. I, I think different people have um, different way of naming it. Some people call it shadow work. Some people call it parts work. And uh, of me, all of it in some way, shape, or form is dealing with the a part of you that's wounded, which more uh, often than not. It happens in your childhood. Um, yeah. So for me, it's inner child work. Um, I think answering the same question myself, my, my relationship with my inner child right now is it's existent. It's it, it is there, which wasn't there uh, until I realized there is a part of me that needed healing and, and a couple of years ago. So um, the big uh, shift over the past couple of years for me is that there is an actual relationship. In in the beginning, it was quite difficult to get that acknowledgement. Even, uh, I guess you can uh, imagine a context of a, a child that's been traumatized, neglected, and uh, uh, in an outside context and have gone through a foster care system, etc. Not that I've gone through it, but and then you try and... Uh, get them to a new family and and uh, and try and give them all the right things but you don't start building that trust on day one it, it takes yeah. time it takes and in that relationship takes nurture and all of that I, I feel like that's uh, been an ongoing journey for me and there is that that existing relationship there is that acknowledgement even though sometimes uh, it's not uh, very present in the moment but at yeah. least that it's there and I feel like my inner child knows that uh, I am there as as an adult uh, and holding that space and uh, knows and trusts me to the point that um, that I can prioritize my inner child needs about all the things that I'm bombarded with on a day-to-day with the demands, uh, deadlines, etc. pressures. But uh, I know when it comes down to making a choice, being present with my inner child for whatever um, she needs is is the utmost important thing. And then, uh, very recently, I got that uh, acknowledgement from the, that inner child part of me that there is that trust. So um, that that relationship is is very important, and I'm glad that exists for me right now. Um, and I think I've heard in the in the not just in the Facebook group chat, but whenever I shared an article or a part of it before, 
I've had some comments from people where they're like, how, how do you even connect? What is this inner child thing? I, I, I don't even know how, how I go about it. I feel that disconnect. So I wanted to, yeah, yeah, pick your brains on that. How do you start? How did you guys start connecting with this part of you that needed that attention or that love, that space, that uh, safety? So I'm happy to go with the same order. Daniel first yeah. and then Sanjay. Yeah, um, let's take a small step back first. Um, so there are a lot of emotions that we've suppressed, not just a year or a day, but many years or many decades. Even. Then we make ourselves smaller and smaller until we're just a shallow version of ourselves. We are not aware of the 99% that we are, just 1%. But all these 99% that we have, they have a lot of extreme emotions at a certain point. And then at a point in, in life, sometimes it's a viral infection, sometimes it's a spiritual awakening, sometimes it's just mm -hmm. safety or the end of a relationship or maybe at the end of money worries, um, your body's like, ah, survival mode is over. Let's bring it out now. <laughs> See, now, now, now Daniel has time to, to be frightful as he was, but he never really wanted to feel. So the inner child has a lot of extreme emotions that the brain detects as dangerous. And then the brain perceives that as a danger. So uh, it, it's going to create symptoms. That's how we all started, right? That's, that's where we were. Um, so whenever people, people ask a lot of, a lot of times the question, like, you know, I did something for an hour and, 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 uh, and now the next day I got symptoms, uh, I shouldn't be doing, or I have a lack of energy or whatever, what happened to me? Well, very often you were triggered, like something happened and then you were maybe forced into a coping behavior all in your unconscious mind. So you didn't know what was there because the 99% of you is you know, still there. You can't get rid of yourself. And then these emotions that are very extreme after so many years, they come up and the brain doesn't want you to feel it, create symptoms. So sort of that's like a, a step in between. And, and can you come back to your question now, Larry? <laughs> it's how do you, for people that haven't, uh, haven't got the connection that we're talking about with, with the parts of ourselves at the inner child, how do you start connecting with it? And how did uh, you start connecting with it in the first place? I think you, you've started off with the extreme emotions being your kind of guiding uh, starting place to, to go there. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. How do you connect? Well, the thing is that it is obviously there. Aaron. Like it is there. It is in your, it is maybe not in your conscious awareness, but it's there. So there's like the airplane or the fridge that is annoying in the background or the people that were just talking outside. It is obviously there, but you don't notice it. So your brain creates symptoms. So you, you're focusing on the symptoms and you make your life smaller, but it's still there. Everyone can see it except, you know, you. <laughs> uh, so all you need to do is to stop. Stopping what, you know, stopping everything, stop all your thoughts. What are your thoughts about You know, I want to be worthy in the future by achieving stuff. Stop doing that. Stop thinking about it and really tune into the body because, you know, the body is where, is where everything is feel and learn to feel, but it's a process of ups and downs. 
scanning your body, breathing through your body, maybe journaling when you have a lot of thoughts, and what is the opposite of your desires. Uh, usually, you know, we want a lot of stuff in life, but it's all to, you know, eventually create something that makes you feel worthy or makes you feel loved. So what is there right now? Unloved, unworthiness, fear. Those are the things that are there. And then you can think about it. Okay, where might this be in my body? Breathe through it, find it. And once you find it, you're, you have made the first step. Thank you. Uh, so if I hear that rightly, um, be present with the body and and connect with the body and, and start from there to, to be able to yeah. connect with your inner child. Is, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And I mean, the opposite of being in your body is like being in your mind, yeah. which has the purpose be of not being, has the purpose of what not the being best. in your body, because as long as you think like a, like a madman, uh, you don't feel. <laughs> yeah. So how do I think no, my that's... emotions? You know, that question again. Yeah. No, thank you. Sandra. Um, so in the depths of my health crash, when I was really severe in like a bedridden state and just going to the bathroom was an event. Um, how I started to come out of that, and I'm talking like the first maybe one or two steps, was so I was really caught up in escaping that. I like to call it it. It is referring to whatever special flavor your symptoms, emotions, thoughts, this kind of elephant in the room, like Daniel said, it's just looming beneath the surface. So there was a lot of ways I was avoiding facing that. And one of like the main ways would be to go from my body to avoid my body and go into an intellectual state. And that included hashing out this illness, the symptoms, how do I fix this? Like that ended up becoming a distraction from going toward what I needed to deal with. And so just even the tiniest opening, it began with the tiniest opening of instead of running from it, pick your special flavor of running, avoidance, turning around and going toward that feeling, toward the symptoms, toward whatever is going on that you've been avoiding that's scaring you. Um, and just well, being with that and allowing it to come up and allowing just allowing, keyword allowing, just letting whatever is there come up. And I find that my presence is the medicine for the wound. Just being with it is all that it requires. I don't need to fix anything. I don't need, I don't need to do anything. Not doing anything in action is an action. There is power in surrender. There is a whole world that opens up when you let go and allow that to get you. 
there's a whole world of new solutions and new perspectives that you never saw before. It's not complacency. It's not giving up. It's not, you know, not moving forward anymore. You're just choosing a different path. And the path is gentleness and softness and acceptance and not resisting. And we, for me, I couldn't move forward until I took my whole self with me. I needed to be whole. And those darker parts of me are the healing. It's in the pain that I healed. And it's not by healing. It's just by being with it and stop running from it. Turn around. And as it comes toward you, go toward it. And it's micro steps. Like it's so overwhelming because when we let go, we're turning off the fight or flight. And that is scary. We become vulnerable and it's terrifying. That's what we're doing. That's why we resist letting go and surrendering so much is because we're letting our guard down. And, but it's in releasing that fight. That's where we get into that parasympathetic nervous system and the body knows what to do to rebalance itself. But we get in the way. And our brains get going 100 miles an hour hashing this thing out and we're not getting anywhere. But going into the body and being with the emotions and the thoughts and not needing to do anything with them, but just to be there, just your presence is enough. And so back to micro steps. So it's really letting go is the hardest therapy I have ever done. (laughs) It is. It's hard. (laughs) Um, It seems so simple in theory, but it's hard. But micro steps, just if if you can't relax into the symptoms and into the emotions and whatever's there, then relax into your resistance. Relax into the fact that you can't let go and befriend that part of you that is scared. It's okay to be afraid. It's not fear that hurts us. It's our reaction to fear. It's our reaction is the power. That is our power, is how we react to life, our health, our bodies, our minds. This is a this is like reconciling our relationship with everything in life. It's not about the illness. No, that I think you put it very well. It's that that reaction, that's where the, the consciousness comes in that's that's our free will that's our choice in life that's how we navigate so um yeah beautifully said thank you thank you both mm-hmm. um, okay. can I, think... I say something to this yeah yeah go ahead yeah yeah so yeah in the in this in the program in the sixth module it's about you know coping mechanisms that, that, which resemble yeah. fight flight height uh, and as long as you're involved in one you're in the sympathetic nerve system you know fight or flighting yourself hiding from yourself it's just not the problem you know you shouldn't be doing that from yourself and you shouldn't be addicted then to the stress hormones of doing that um so stopping that yeah that's that's a really beautiful first step and then you can stop that and maybe it takes an hour but your nervous system winds down really fast people think and i've said it in the past i've said the nervous system is out of whack i've heard that once in recovery from i think it was Dan neufer but yeah. now i've helped so many people and no there is nothing wrong with the nervous system because if you do these steps if you do the little steps you calm down really really fast 
most people they they can't really feel their inner child work yet. They they have to learn to to feel. But if we stop doing that and if we just breathe in through the body, they they they'll feel better in ten minutes. It's that simple. And they haven't resolved any emotion yet. They haven't connected with the inner child yet. But they calm down because they don't fight themselves. So it's yeah. I just wanted to emphasize that people yeah, there's nothing wrong with your nervous system. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Now, all the all the very important stuff. All the very important stuff. Um, I think I'd, I'd, again, and Daniel, you mentioned about being in touch with the body and and connecting with the body as a way to um, do further work. That that being the starting point. And and Sandra talked about letting go of resistance. And, be one with the resistance and just be the resistance. If, if you can't let go of the resistance, just lean into it. Um, and all we talked about, the, all, all the scary bits from the childhood and, and the fear and all of that. I just wanted to share my example of how I started connecting with it, because for me, it's, it was quite the opposite. I started connecting with it with joy. And I, I think it, it was, um, for me, the the first time where it, it really clicked with me was when I was just going through a, sh- a, shop, a stationery shop and I saw a children's coloring book. There was something in me that I was like, that, that was happy. But because I was present and connected to the body at the time, I was like, oh, maybe I should buy it. I didn't know that that was part of my understanding that wanted it or anything. And then I colored for a couple of days and then I put it to one side for six months and only when I then started doing a lot more uh, presence work and breath work, I was like, oh yeah, I actually want to color. Um, and just leaning into that, what what happened for me to connect with my inner child was uh, just just being present and looking around and walking around in life and, and, and being in different places and seeing which uh, things or people or uh, mm-hmm. nature that I feel connected to, that I feel joy. That was part of my inner child. That was, for me, it, it, bringing that inner child out was was that joy. And when I think about it, I've, I've not actually thought about it before this conversation. But children, when you see children, if they're not uh, extremely traumatized, usually they're joyful wherever they are. You don't need to give them fancy things. You can leave them in the mud; they're happy. You can leave them in a puddle; they're happy. They're just playing. So that it, it being able to naturally um, connect with parts of ourselves that find joy and and even when we're just walking or in a busy supermarket or wherever you are and look at things oh there's a snail that looks interesting let me go see what's behind that rock or behind that leaf all those curious things that a child would normally do that was my um, kind of journey to connect to my inner child and I think I see more and more how powerful that is. Yes, there is also the the other side of the coin of the fear and the terror and resistance and all of that. But also, I think I want to emphasize the uh, the even more powerful side of connecting with the inner child for me. Anyway, is is that joy, that playfulness, and the more I did, the more I connected with that part, the more I'm becoming more whole and more integrated. So. Uh, yeah, for those watching, I wanted to just share my perspective on how how do you even connect with your inner child and talk. Just do some random paintings that if a, if a three-year-old does like pretty stupid paintings, their parents are so happy. 
do them yourselves. Be happy if that's what you want to do, <laughs> uh, or whatever makes you happy. So I think it's it, it it's that side of the connection as well that I think is so important. So yeah, uh, do you both have anything else that you want to share? Because why keep these conversations to pretty simple, and and we'll see how uh, how people respond to it and then build on it as we as we go, and if people want to hear more about it. So I think. Uh, when we've talked about our parent relationship with um, our inner child and how to connect with it, is there anything that uh, either of you want to share in in closing thoughts? Hello, <laughs> Sandra. Um, I just want to say what you were talking about is really powerful and really profound, and. I agree. I think that's a huge part of it is just reconnecting. And, and I find this in he healing work too. I was just talking to somebody else yesterday who is mostly recovered. And I was saying, I feel like in this healing journey, we can lose this space of being able to just curiously explore and mess up and go down the wrong path and like we end up taking it so seriously like we've got to heal and we've got to heal and we lose that joyful part of ourselves. that's just like you know what maybe i maybe i wanted to go on this journey like maybe it's an adventure and i know that sounds really crazy because this stuff is not fun but just opening up and just making it light and free and if you go down the wrong path and you do the wrong therapy so what <laughs> like it's fine and i yeah i feel like the, i'm connecting the dots as you were speaking and i'm like i did that too like letting that suppressed child that's got to follow all these rules and can express these types of emotions and has to be proper like telling that inner critic that inner karen like karen, f like off. <laughs> f off <laughs> like, and letting that really innocent and free and playful and curious part of me come out anyway in defiance has been super therapeutic 18. yeah yeah beautiful yeah beautiful yeah yeah, maybe we should have started the conversation uh, with you talking about your joy. Uh, you know, as a <laughs> as a coach, I take people uh, through the mud, uh, so I'm all the time uh, busy with the, the things that are not good, uh, <laughs> guiding them through the fear, through the horror. <laughs> but I forget it sometimes. That's why I put it in my night module. Yeah, have some joy and take a break. Yeah, enjoy yourself for a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, that's good. I think that's why having three of us with different perspectives help. Uh, I think you good. need it all. I think you need it all because there's that part of you that's suppressing that. And that's the nitty gritty that Daniel takes you through. That's the crap that I talk about. But but underneath that is what we're trying to get to. And that's what you're talking about is just that pure, pure energy. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, that's, emotions. That's these these emotions like you know like unworthiness, fear, fear, shame, guilt, um, pressure, uh, can't be lazy. These are all well that those are thoughts as well, but most of them are feelings. And 
a feeling is just a feeling. So if you don't resist your feelings, it doesn't really matter anymore if it's good or bad or they are actually pretty raw and pretty beautiful. And maybe you've seen these pictures of people living in the 1800s or early 1900s. My grandparents, father and mother, they had a family without joy. So they were left, they were like this on a family picture because they were not allowed to have joy because they were born in sin and, and everything. So right now, back in that time, joy was bad. So, but now joy is, is something good, you know, people want to have joy. So most of the time they fake it, but you know, the next step could be that fear is a beautiful emotion, you know, like if joy has been accepted, then why not fear? And if, if fear is accepted, why not anger? Because it's all very beautiful. And if, if you can sit with it, it just feels like a, like a beautiful relief. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you both. And for sharing your thoughts very openly and I'm sure people will find it helpful. Thanks everyone. And yeah, have a good Thanks day. Thanks for watching. Thank you. Bye.